Hello, dear listener. You're listening to New Game Plus, the internet's uh 13th leading spooky podcast. Ooh, I can't do it for the rest of the episode. I really can't. I'm your host, Dan. I'm surprised you didn't go with uh Boo Game Plus. I'm your co-host, AKL Trifecta. Antonio. God damn it, that was that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, it is about it is Halloween tomorrow, and we figured, you know what, it really would do you guys a disservice if we don't have at least one Halloween themed episode. So we are gonna sit down and talk about our most scariest or haunting moments in gaming. Uh, I have like a list of five. I don't know what Antonio has, but I have about five. Yeah, this isn't limited to uh, just horror games in general. But there are some horror games on my list. But you know, there is always. There's some great moments that weren't in traditional horror games that scared the hell out of me. I don't do spoop, but that doesn't mean I still don't get scared by some moments in games. Yeah, no, uh, I normally don't do spoop either because uh, if you guys saw my stream, I stream in the dark. So that was a really bad idea on my end. For yeah, Visage was, uh, that was a trip. <laughs> yeah, that's why I didn't put on my list either. <laughs> All right, so let's kick things off. Uh, the first game or moment that I kind of want to talk about is this is a, this is a big one here. We have the moment you first encounter Pyramid Head in Silent Hill Two. Oh God! <laughs> so James Sunderland is a man searching for his wife in the titular Silent Hill, where he encounters multiple demons. Some of them are kind of a representation of his psyche. And when you encounter Pyramid Head, it's all sorts of disturbing. You find him doing God knows what to mannequins. It's really uncomfortable and he's a and he just hunts you down for the rest of the game. It's a really scary moment. I just realized Pyramid Head is like Mr. X before Mr. X. In a weird way, yes. And Pyramid Head is meant to, if I remember correctly, it's meant to represent uh, James's like sexual oppression and sexual violence, and it's in that kind of, uh, and that's how it's represented. And really good job, you know, showing, getting that point across. Mm-hmm. And it's so iconic, Pyramid Head, that for some reason. Even though it's not James anymore, they just continue to use Pyramid Head, Pyramid Head in later games and in the movies. Mm-hmm. Which, me personally, kind of cheapens it. Because to me, Pyramid Head was meant to be James's demon, not anyone else's. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, I never played, full disclosure, I never played Silent Hill. I only watched it play through it because it's the only way I can do that game. Mm-hmm. I, I tried Silent Hill 2 because, like, my friend had brought it over one day when I was in high school. And, like, I think I got maybe an hour in. Only in a cheese. And, yeah, with that moment, just it, it's something that kind of sticks with you because it really gives you that sense of, oh, so you know, this is, this is going to be something that's going to be haunting you for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. It sticks with you, and it even sticks with you after the game's off. Yeah. Now it's part of your psyche. And now it's part of my psyche, and now it's going to be part of my weird ass dreams. Thanks a mm-hmm. lot, Nick, <laughs> All right, what's uh, what's the first moment on your list, man? 
Uh, so I tried. To, I kind of tried to do this in chronological order, and like it only worked for like the first two. <laughs> but uh, the first one's actually a two-parter. Okay. Um, they both. It's it's. I it was a tie because both of these things scared me when I was a kid. Um, Super Mario sixty four. You have the piano that oh. is in Big Boo's Haunt, and the eel that is in one of the underwater levels. There is something about underwater levels. No matter what they are, they can always add a sense of foreboding to any game. It like doubly so because like the the developers of of Super Mario sixty four like created a drowning animation for Mario when he ran out of life underwater and that scared the crap out of me as a kid like, oh yeah him, like gasping for air and then like his body going limp seeing characters drowning games is probably the most disturbing thing I can think of so many more so you got Mario you got Sonic Ugh, god it's mm-hmm. not it if you didn't have like hydrophobia before then you definitely would get it watching playing those games oh yeah and then, like Drowning is like one of my biggest like fears of ways I don't want to go, and that's the drowning part. It's just like again, I think it also taps into that fear of if you guys think about it, the ocean's pretty goddamn scary. Yeah, especially once you get like deep, deep in there. Mm-hmm. I've I've seen those pictures. Ah, huh. but uh, there's megalodons, there's giant squids. Don't even get me started on Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I, I, st- I still remember uh, the first time I went into Big Boo's haunt. I was like, you know, oh, it's like a haunted house. Okay, it's kind of Halloweeny, cool. I've I've fought Boo's before in like Mario and stuff. That's that's kind of cool. And you get into the piano room and like it's just super quiet. Everything is super muted, and you see this piano. And I didn't even realize there was a piano there. I was just excited to like walk around. And then all of a sudden, I just hear this banging and this like loud thing chasing me and i freaked out like i dropped the controller <laughs> and like was like done for that day um no like the, the eel was more unsettling more than anything else like i was still yeah. scared of it but it wasn't like now that i think about it i want to say that the that piano was part of the reason why i don't like any sort of jump scare really that was that, i think that's that where it started like, that was my first kind of like like jump scare without actually being a jump scare. <laughs> and now you can't you can't walk into a room with a piano ever again without like just keeping at least a good distance away from it. I mean, not like a not like if it's a grand piano, yeah, no. <laughs> it's like I, I don't know. I, I'm not. I don't know if it is. But I'm not gonna risk if it isn't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, so for my next game is also an N64 game. And it's the Death Hand in Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. <laughs> so two things come to mind in that game. One, the entire Shadow Temple, that well, and those Redeads. Yeah. There is... Okay, so my first encounter with them is like, I, I, you know... By the way, spoiler for Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Like, no big deal. Um, when you first pull out the mustard sword and you see Hyrule um, all all gone to shit and you walk around the town and suddenly you're just like you just hear a scream and something that you can't move and something's coming at you and suddenly boom you're got an unwanted hug mm-hmm. 
and it was the scariest fucking thing for our seven-year-old Dan. I mean, even now. It is. And then when I finally escaped that, I had to go to the Shadow Temple. And no joke, guys, I could not play that game in the do- in at night. I, the only time I was able to play the game was during the daytime. Windows were open, light, even the lights were on. Mm-hmm. I had to make sure like someone else was in the house just to make sure I had something to scream to just in case. <laughs> and that was like, and this is, which is the funny thing is like, I love that game. It's absolutely one of my favorites. But that one section still gives me anxiety to this day. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you're just, you're just walking around and you notice your shadow getting bigger. And next thing you know, something fucking grabs you and pulls you up. Mm-hmm. And in the well, you know, you just, you see the hands you know, sticking out of the ground. And that god-awfully designed, scary white blob thing with the teeth. Oh, god. It gave, it did, it did give, like, Kid Dan nightmares. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I, like, I can't go near wells. Um, I, you know, I've, I can't go to a cemetery at night. I'm not, I feel like that's, that's more of just like in general, if you're going to a cemetery at night and you're not like sweating a little. No, no, you know, when, unless you, you, there's something, there's something gonna be wrong with you. If you can't go to a cemetery at night and not feel something. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm generally like a man of science. That's some juju that I don't play with. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, speaking of okay, but I, weird tangent here, but I recently saw a movie in theaters. Um, I saw Countdown. Hmm. In case you don't know, it's that movie about the app that tells you when you're gonna die. And immediately, you know, as I'm watching it, I turned to my girlfriend and I said, "This is some dumb white people bullshit. Who the hell in the right mind would ever download an app, even if it is a joke?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> you say that. I say that, but even I would never, like I said, I don't know if it's real, but I'm not going to risk if it isn't. <laughs> you know, someone out there is going to like develop a joke app, or if there's not one already out there anyway. And I'm not going to download it. <laughs> it's like playing a Ouija board. Like, no, I'm never going to touch one, even if it is a fucking made up thing by the Parker Brothers. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why invite that bad juju into your house? Exactly. All right, man. Uh, what about you? It's funny. Uh, you actually hit upon a very similar vein. Um, Majora's Mask. That uh, entire game is unsettling. Yeah, game. that that like, like it's one of those like. Of, of course, the moon was the most unsettling for me. Um, uh, that smiling guy. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but honestly, like, I like when I was a kid, I I had never fully grasped the whole time travel mechanic, so. When I originally booted up the game and my friend told me, like, I had three days to to save the world, like, I, I took that as I literally had three days to beat this game where everyone was going to die. <laughs> and it, it got to the point where, like, like I got, again, like, like maybe a day, like an in-game day in, and... I was like, no, I can't do this. And I actually put down Majora's Mask for a, a good while until I was older. Just because I was like, just that entire like premise really, really unsettled me of this like just impending doom that keeps getting closer and closer and there's nothing that you can do about it. Yeah, no, that game gives kids the first real introduction to the idea of mortality. <laughs> And yeah. inevitability. Mm-hmm. 
Great job there, Nintendo. <laughs> Making our childhoods disturbing one game at a time. Yeah. Was like, with... like, like as a kid, you're like anxious because you don't, you know, you're, you're 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 full of wonder and you're like, oh, I'm in this virtual world. This is so cool. I don't want these people to die. And like, like, what do you mean? And and you know, obviously, because you're a kid, you know, you may or may not at the time. I di- I hadn't fully grasped what death was. Hmm. So, like, it having that just thrust upon me of like, yeah, no, the world is going to end. Everything will die when this happens was really, really jarring to me. Yeah, isn't it the whole entire theme of the game is learning to like to accept the fate, your fate? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> do what you can, but, you know, it, it's, it's like, you know, you couldn't stop the moon from coming down, but you could stop it from destroying the town. Yeah, no, that game. I there. I don't know why Zelda, Majora's Mask is a game I could never finish. One, I don't. I never felt comfortable with the whole you know, limited time thing. I just never liked it. Mm-hmm. I could never really grasp it. But two is like you just again. You play that game, you just feel off. Like the town feels off. The characters feels off. Even the music kind of has this weird like kind of warp to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, really good choice. All right, so for my next game, it's another Silent Hill adjacent one. It's from PT. Oh, God. So what I'm talking about is, you know, you go through your, oh, 25th loop around the the hallway. A a game so scary that the full version was never released. (laughs) A game that was so scary, it got canceled. Mm Mm-hmm. And they imprisoned the creator in its own kind of weird Silent Hill type. Oh, actually, just now that I think about it, yeah, they kind of did, if you think. <laughs> they kind of did. And what came out the other end was uh, Death Stranding. So there's that. Huh. Anyway, so the moment we're talking about here is when you, after you're like your 25th loop, you find yourself locked in the bathroom and you start hearing a baby crying like oh yeah that's kind of normal for a horror game baby's crying that's kind of a trope you have there mm-hmm. then you look in the sink and you see a bloody fetus crying mm-hmm. that is one of the most just shocking disturbing things I've ever seen in a game and it was just so detailed mm-hmm. and- like, like there's like, like, you, like, you know how everybody has, like, you know how I mentioned, like, I don't do jump scares, I don't do horror. Yeah. Like, and, you know, everybody's usually kind of, like, can get a good spook out of that. Um, babies crying, especially babies crying in pain, like, is one of, like, I, I don't want to say, like, triggers, but it, like, it immediately makes my skin crawl and makes me, like, not okay. It's it's one of those like like like, and and I'll probably get to it in a in a in a future, um, in, in one of my other uh, recommendations because like that's part of the reason why I don't do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, you're right. Like that that whole like reveal scene, and it is, gets yeah, and it's just it's, so... it's the start. It's yeah, it's, it's the start. <laughs> And it goes on because after then you do another loop around and then suddenly you hear a voice talking to you talking about 
how you're a drunk and you're you disappointed to your family and how your wife gets kind of hit on by her boss at work because he's making up for your drunk ass and you look down at the sink again and it's the fetus talking to you in a deep man's voice mm-hmm. and this is just so fucking like off kilter so ugh, it doesn't make sense to his spine because here you are like what you're just confused and terrified it's like you're, you're it's it's a perfect way to like to to visualize what a nightmare feels like in the waking world wow that is perfectly said yeah that entire sequence just felt like a nightmare you couldn't wake up from mm-hmm <laughs> And it definitely was one of the highlights of that. It's amazing how such a short demo had such an impact on how car on how horror games would be like designed after that. Because mm-hmm. you know certain games like like you said, Visage. Yeah, no, I definitely see the inspiration there. Yeah. All right, what's uh, your next moment? Um. Well, I know I had the one, but I wanted to I wanted to save that for later. So give me just some a little bit of time to think about it and in the meantime we can we can run a, a quick little ad from our sponsors. Yeah, sure. Let's we'll be right back after we're from our sponsors. And we're back. Sorry, I promised myself I would <laughs> You know you can't resist, man. <laughs> We're, t- we're doing a Halloween episode on horror. Right? Like you, you got to do it at least once. Yeah, absolutely. Or twice in my case. All right. Uh, Antonio, so when we last left off, you were going to talk about your next moment. Yeah. So, like I said, there there is one that I want to talk about, but I kind of want to wait until later. Okay. Um, this next one was not so, not so much scary, but it was really, again, it, it was one of those really, really unsettling things mm-hmm. um metal gear solid 2 Ooh, i think i know where you're going with this yes um when you play the plant chapter which is the big chapter in metal gear solid 2 you play as raiden yep. and you upload you end up uploading a virus into the plant and things start going a little haywire um and then you some stuff happens you get captured you're naked and you know you have to run around naked a little bit and you're like at first you're like, haha, it's funny, you know, oh Raiden's naked. This is so ha ha ha. And then like you start getting codec calls and you can't refuse them. So it immediately goes in and like the first thing that you get told is like the colonel tells you, like, Raiden, turn the game off. Haven't you been playing long enough? And then I'm like, boy, <laughs> what? What do you mean turn the game off? What do you mean I've been playing for a long time? What and, the hell? And it's like, okay, that's weird. And like, you keep on going, and you, you're sneaking past some guards, and like, you get another call, and it's and it's the colonel again. And then like, just the the little profile picture like flashes really quick, and you see like an X-ray of him in like his skull while he's talking, and he and he's like saying really nonsensical stuff, and like things are getting really weird. And then like. Like the third time, like you see like real life footage of like just some random stuff going on. And like your your radar turns into like this 
like like it was a it was a video of like a real world like japanese model and but it was the fact that i was seeing a real world person in this game in this section of the game that shouldn't be happening like i was really scared at the time because i'm like what is going on what is happening with my game i've never experienced this level of like meta or like this sort of like 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 you know like it's like the video game creepypasta stuff i need scissors 61 yeah and like that that line still gets me that's the line is still one of my favorite line like hilarious lines um but at the time when i first played it like it was again just super unsettling because here i was having a great time with like 80 percent of this game knowing that it was a game and just playing it and doing my best and then all of a sudden everything gets flipped around and like you know the infamous fission mailed comes on yep. screen yep. and so like i'm like wait did i die wait but i'm still playing wait but i'm actually playing in a little bit of the screen what the what's going on like I was this close to just turning off my game out of fear <laughs> because I was like scared that my CD was haunted or something. And, you know, it kind of just works out brilliant because this is another one of Kojima's like kind of genius moves where, you know, yeah. So spo spoiler on the game, the, the virus is affecting this pr program because you never actually met Colonel. This is actually the program talking. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing that actually affect it. And it was such a great kind of like way to show that and Just not to tell suddenly player. show it. But also, yeah, it's like looking, looking back at it, you're like, oh my God, it was so obvious. But like, I, I think it was also, it wasn't, it wasn't just Colonel because it was also Rose as well. Your, your Jack's <laughs> Biden's girlfriend. And like, they're talking about like, have you ever really met me? And, like, have you ever, like, are we really together? And I'm just sitting here like, I thought I knew all this. I thought I knew everything about these characters. What is real? What is yeah. going on? It's making you question your reality. And that is, can be very fucking disturbing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like, now, like, granted, like, now because of stuff like that, I really, really appreciate it when games can go meta in a, like, in a new in a new kind of spin on that kind of take. Yeah, so one that comes to mind, like, Dope and Break the Game, which I played recently on stream, definitely mm. has that kind of vibe. Yeah. All right, so my next game isn't necessarily the game itself, but what a big part of it is the song from it. Mm. So in the original Red and Blue, you go to Lavender Town. Ah, yes. And I bet you right now, even though I'm playing it probably as we speak, everyone can hear that, like, that familiar... So the reason why that sticks with me so much is because, one, it really accentuates the unsettlingness that Lavender Town is basically one big cemetery. Again, occurring theme here. It's a ghost-type town. You have the thing at a tower... And I don't know, but again, it's that song that sticks with you. And why like, I kind of yeah, a plus to the a plus to the music designer though, for taking the Game Boy's like sound capabilities and making that. 
and yeah, it, it just it's a, a taking making that it sticks with you, and it also inspired so many, so many creepy pauses about the game about how this game causes suicides, and you know when you hear that song, for some reason you don't really question that kind of idea. Yeah, it's a, it's like like you know there was all that talk about you know the the lavender town brainwashes people and all this stuff, and it's like you know it's a joke. But if you listen to it for a while, you begin to wonder, what if? And it's just so good. It's like it, it did nothing. It captures your imagination so easily just with that tune alone. Mm -hmm. And so I think it really deserves like a spotlight and like just gaming moments that terrify the shit out of you. Like, yeah, like honestly, the entire Lavender Town with like talking to some of the mediums who were possessed in the tower um the fight with you know the ghost at the end did you ever um, try to catch that ghost yes i did <laughs> um that was like again that was one of those like like what one of the as a kid one of the most terrifying things for me was losing control so yeah. like that's been obviously it's been it's been a, a recurring theme um throughout this but like Again, I you, you heard it with the whole fission mailed thing and here where it's like up until now you've been battling Pokemon and you can battle them and fight and you can catch them and everything's great. But when you fight that ghost, if you don't have the Sylph Scope, you can't damage it. Your Pokemon won't, will not attack and Pokeballs won't work. You can't do anything to it except for run. And God, that is, that is what makes a good horror game, and in a good horror game, a good horror game. But uh, yeah, I'm telling you, no matter if they if they designed like a horror game, like I don't know, like like Fatal Frame or something, based on just the Pokemon Tower. Oh yeah. Oh God, Pokemon Snap, but but as a horror theme, Jesus. Mm hmm. That is something right there. All right. Well, what's your next one? Um, so the next one is, uh, wait a minute, I, I had it. Um, oh, that's right. So the whole reason why I can't do like, uh, like baby crying and baby like screaming noises, mm -hmm. especially when they're in pain. Um, funny enough, Max Payne, actually. I don't oh. know how many people played Max Payne. Cause a I know good people did. Yeah. I, 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 I want to say a good handful of people did. It wasn't really a, triple a title i would feel even though it did get like two or three sequels um <laughs> but the the nightmare scenes when you had to walk on your like trails of blood and then as you you know got closer and closer to your destination you would um hear the sound of a screaming child who was very obviously in pain um get louder and louder like I don't remember much. I really actually don't remember anything major about that game except for those nightmare sequences. Just because those just completely overshadowed anything else about the game. Like the only other thing I can remember about the game is bullet time was super cool. It's amazing how with a game that's full of like gun action killing the moment you go to that nightmare sequence all of that like doesn't affect you but this does yeah 
it's like you know so like, yeah no it's a I, I played like by this point i i had played a bunch of like little shooters i played like warhammer mm-hmm. the 40k though there was a warhammer 40k game there was um you know uh golden eye you know i i played first person shooters i played a bunch of shooters in the arcade yeah but never have i had a sequence like that before mm-hmm. it, it just says it's something it's it's weird man like you're it really just gives you that sense of oh this is this is what he's living with this is the pain he's got to live with he's, just, he's always gonna be remembering this and he's never gonna wake up from it again yeah. a, a nightmare you can't wake up from another yeah. big fear all right, uh, so my last moment I kind of want to talk about isn't, again, this is one not from a horror game. It's from a game called Spec Ops The Line. Oh. And this game is essentially Heart of Darkness. And if you've never read the book, it's basically Apocalypse Now. Mm-hmm. But in Dubai. No, so, I've, I've read Heart of Darkness. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was a fun time. Yeah, you play as a black ops squad um, sent into Dubai to figure out what the hell went wrong with um, with this one with this one general, and you're attacked by locals, you're attacked by the enemy, and you make a hard decision to use white phosphorus on a gate because you think that your um, your enemy is in there and you just, you, there's no other way, but. While you, after you fire the white phosphorus, you find out it wasn't the enemy, it was a bunch of unarmed civilians that you just bombed. And they show the characters walking around, and you see these burnt faces, some of them still in like a protective plant like stance because it happened so goddamn fast. Mm-hmm. And you just see, you realize, like, oh my god. I just killed 47 innocent people. Yeah. And that just stuck with me for the rest of the game. And, and from that moment on, I question like, am I playing the good guy here? Are, are we the baddies? Yeah. Because, holy shit, how can you justify this? And I think what is most terrifying about this moment is when you read so many stories, you watch the news. This is, this happens. Mm. Like that's what. You, any like you can, you can turn on a lot. Like you can turn on pretty much any news channel right now. Probably wait a little bit, and you'll hear about something about war, or the horrors of war, war crimes, war is- crimes, and stuff like that. But it's something else to bring it directly to the forefront, not just, oh, you seeing it, but you causing it. Yes. I pressed the button. I made the decision, and now I have to walk through it. And it wasn't out of malice. It wasn't because, like, oh, this will show these people. This will show this will show them for supporting this regime. No, yeah. you honestly thought that you were going to be taking out the enemy and you were wrong. That fear of your one little mistake causing so much damage. It, it, it just, 
even after I finished the game, and it's a fantastic game, one I never want to play again, ever. Even if it's like remastered, I can never bring myself back to that game. But damn, man, like it's just so, so, so haunting. So it, it makes you wish that there was a way that you could replay the game and not have to do that. Exactly. The moment it, I can't replay the game because I know what I have to do because you can't go further in the game without doing this. Mm. <sighs> yeah. And kudos to the developers there. Let me look it up real quick. Uh, uh, Jaeger development for just, I, I, I can't imagine it was easy, like coding this stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, man, let's uh, finish this off. What, what's your last one? Of course. It's actually really funny that we were talking about, like, you know, choices that you can't really take back or the consequences of your actions. Because <laughs> um, my last one is actually from Undertale. Um, Where are we going with this? I, I'm curious now. The ending to the neutral route, dude. Um, Photoshop Flowey was such an un. Well, again, for me, it's it's always about unsettling imagery, like just stuff that you know. I I knew Undertale was a unique game, right? I had played through the entire thing. I had fun. I enjoyed not killing monsters and making friends with them. I'm also a big fan of like uh, Danmaku and Bullet Hells. You know, I'm not good at them, but I still really enjoyed it, and it was a really unique mechanic. Um, but at the end, when of the of the very first time you play, if you don't, even if you don't kill anybody, you have to kill someone at the end, um, and that gets you the neutral ending. And you see Flowey, the essentially your major antagonist that's been following you around throughout the entire your entire adventure. Um, he, he takes the the power that the other boss has been holding and he transforms into this amalgamation of like like literally photoshopped together like vines and like human eyes with like this MS paint creepy mouth with like a TV for a head and it's just it's super Super creepy because nowhere else in the game is there that kind of aesthetic. And what's even creepier is after after Flowey takes the power and transforms, before you even see his transformation, he closes your game. Oh right. Like like you the screen goes white and then you're back to your desktop. And Again, if if Metal Gear Solid Two wasn't a pre- wasn't already a preface, I it really unsettles me when games do that. Um, side note: honorable mention to Doki Doki Literature Club. <laughs> by the way, a game that I would have put on this list had I actually played it, but I just watched the Game Grumps play it, and it was an experience. But I can't say that it was the experience because it would have been something else if I had actually played it. I don't know if I would have been able to get all the way through. But that would make it picked up. That's, yeah. If you want a game that is all about subverting your expectations and making you feel really unsettled. Questioning your reality. Yeah, that is that is the game. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, like he closes your game and 
you have to open it and you're brought back into this void and like very slowly you realize that you can't do anything else anymore you're locked into this fight and every time you lose the fight and die he closes your game again and like i almost felt like he because every uh every time you died he was like you know every time you die you're your uh your grip on this world is loosening which made me feel like if i died enough times i would lose my entire game or something like God, i was scared that have been a twist that would have been like i i i would have expected it honestly because i'm like at that point i'm like all bets are off you got me you know and and uh so yeah i'm looking at our game selections and i'm like trying to kind of find some common themes here it seems for a lot of for me and you personally like moments that make us that one take away control from us Mm -hmm. really kind of gets under our skin um that clash with the game that was presented to you begin with with undertale like that that is definitely a big example of something that this again uh disturbs us and mm. yeah, it's just, just and things that just stick with you even after you turn off the game. Yeah, like I'm wondering, I'm wondering if that's actually just a, a common theme around a lot of people who play video games because as gamers, we're used to being the one in control. That's why it's called a controller. Yes, you know. And so when that control is wrested for from us, or worse yet we're the ones being controlled um you know in the case of spec ops where you have to make that choice you have to make that decision um it really just hits that sour chord that leaves you with your eyebrow raised like is this really right is this really happening And on that note, I think we're going to leave it on there. So once again, guys, happy Halloween. If you have your own scary, your own creepy, disturbing, haunting moments in games, we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, You can send us an email at uh, newgameplus, wait, ngpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can catch us both on our socials. And Antonio, what is that? Uh, So you can find me streaming on Twitch. No horror games, I can assure you even though sometimes I do get a little spooky without my knowledge. Um, you can find me at twitch.tv slash AKL Trifecta, as well as Twitter and Facebook, also AKL Trifecta. And you can find me occasionally playing the one horror game if I didn't check it out. But uh, you can also find me at twitch.tv slash the perpetual player one on Facebook and Instagram as the, as the perpetual player one and on Twitter as perpetual player. And if folks... If you guys like what we do, please leave us a comment, subscribe, uh, leave a, a like, hit that like button. It really helps us grow. And hey, if you want to like help support us, there is a donation button on the Anchor website that you can support us. And we will give a shout out every month or every episode to those who do. And until next episode, guys, this is New Game Plus. Go out there, go do amazing things, and have a safe holiday. And have a spooky Halloween. And safe. And, and, and also safe. Very safe. Please. 
Ooh, don't drink and drive. Boo bye. Boo bye. <laughs> bye everybody. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.